0: Welcome to The Uplift, where we are uplifting our lives, uplifting each other, and uplifting our communities together. Thank you for joining myself, Sai Herrera, and Tessa Savala here, two women, two attorneys doing it our way, and inviting you here each week to share in on the stories, advice, and life lessons we've picked up along our journeys that keep
1: us uplifted, and that will hopefully do the very same thing for you. Now buckle in, and let's get ready to be uplifted. Hello, everyone. As always, I'm Tessa, and I'm joined by the lovely side. Welcome, welcome. And today we're going to tackle a topic that I kind of think of, like that television show, The Good Place, right? Like There are really good places where you exist, and everything's going right, and then there's the bad place. (laughs) <laughs> the bad place feels like everything's going wrong. And how do you get out of it? How do you endure it? And what do you, what tools do we need to uplift ourselves and the people that we're in the bad place with so that we're back to our good place? Because I, I like to think we're all a bunch of people who want to exist in the good place and yes. knowing that we're doing good things and everything that we're touching is because we want to do the best that we can to create the better world that we want to live in. Agree. So, Sai, how mm-hmm. have you found ways either out of or through the bad place? Because we've all had them and we've all been there. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um... You know, I think that uh, we 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 have all been there, like you said, um, and we're probably all going to go through it again at some point. <laughs> and you know, with COVID, I feel like that's so real to to, to everyone at this point. Everyone can relate, right, to going yeah. through hard times, unexpected things that that come out of maybe nowhere um, that you have to grapple with quickly. You have to make big decisions. It's stressful um and i think that there's a there's a lot uh to address here um you know internally externally on the team side um depending on the setting i mean we could be talking about you know just personal crises we could be talking about family crises we could be talking about workplace crises it could could take so many forms right and then sometimes i mean you have multiple ones going on at the same time that's extra special <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you know i think you made a really interesting point most of the time it uh, what puts us in the bad place are things that are beyond our control mm. and things that we have not intentionally done like you know we're not the politician going down to you know some escort who then you know he decides to kill on the side Right. Right. Like right? That's, you right. know, intentional choices. Mm-hmm. But I like to think like 75% of the ch- time, these are things that surprise us and things that we aren't expecting and things that are not in our direct control. Right, right. And yeah, and that's, and I think that's
0: probably the first off the most frustrating thing, right? So I always like to start inside out. And so I would say that the first thing is to do your work, Um, We talk about trauma on this pod and we talk about the fact that, you know, everybody has something to address internally and make sure that you're, 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 you're working in that journey, right? Because crisis will hit and Mm -hmm. the best thing that you can bring to a crisis is a strong, confident, capable person. And you can be that person by, by doing your work, right? And making sure that you have a solid footing emotionally um i think one of the biggest things is you know when you're thinking about and and looking around when a crisis hits you know you you kind of clearly see like who are the stronger folks (laughs) that are taking the lead and who are the others that are, are are not prepared for this or or just have no idea either what to do or how to handle it or how to cope with it emotionally because it is stressful right and so i would say first and foremost take care of yourself in every regard right now, before the crisis happens, definitely through the crisis, (laughs) uh, but also plan ahead, right? To have strong, supportive, positive, optimistic people around you, and to have that strength, positivity, and optimism within you. And you can get there by healing, you know, past traumas, you can get there by uh, taking on positive perspective and positive thinking, um, all of those things, I think, prepare you for, you know, for, for, for anything, really, Right but for the ups and downs of life and and knowing that there are gonna be times that are tough. And are you gonna be resilient? Um, or are you gonna be already in a fragile state where anything could, could kind of put you over the edge? So first and foremost, I'd say fortify yourself.
1: And I would add for those of us who sometimes feel like they want to have that panic moment in a time of stress, think, just put your logic brain on and say, what benefit is for me to panic at this moment mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, and the benefit
1: mm-hmm. and there is no benefit in panic the benefit is to remain calm focused and figure out you know fact finding solution solving yeah. whatever you need to do in what order depending on the crisis but yeah. you know allow your logic brain to click it if you need to if it's too much emotionally
0: yeah. And I mean, I think that we have to recognize, of course, that there is going to be emotional reaction um, mm-hmm. and that it's, it's normal natural and um, completely valid to have an emotional reaction. Uh, but also to just be, I think, mostly cognizant about that is the most important thing actually, because if you know that, okay, I'm having an emotional reaction to this <laughs> right now and you know yourself which is key, right? You know, like what it looks like for you to have an emotional reaction, how much time you need, what kind of space you need, what kind of people you need to surround yourself with or what kind of activities you need to do, (laughs) um, then, then you're good, right? You can have that emotional, uh, just, you can have that emotional session, right? Like whatever that looks like for you. And then you can move past that most importantly. Um, to where you can go on and get focused on solutions and get to your logical space and, you know, just get things done that need to be done and move forward in that way. So again, there's so much that you can do before crisis hits that I think really um, makes all the difference. And, and in my experience, that's exactly what has been necessary. You know, I, i I think I've just been doing a a lot of work over the time, over the years to the point where when I did get in the position of leadership, um, I had most of my stuff worked out. Uh, (laughs) So not all of it, (laughs) But, (laughs) but but seeing the crisis unfold and, and how you react, like, it's actually really important to kind of debrief at the end and and, and and use it as an opportunity to self-reflect because it is an opportunity to grow too, I'll say that. And and then you're even stronger for the next one. Have you
1: noticed a change in yourself on like how your, say, 23-year-old self would react mm. compared to yourself now?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine <laughs> going through <laughs> these same things with that with that you know with that perspective I and what's most interesting to me when for my personal reflection on it is like my sense of deferral and I think that that comes with insecurity right like I think that I I'm just imagining that scenario and like if I am super young going through the same kind of things I'm going through now um or even recent crises I mean I, I could just imagine me being like, you know, whatever you guys think, whatever you say, like, I don't know, like you feel so unsure. And if you've never been there before um, and you feel unsure of, you know, are you capable? Are you the right person? All of those thoughts creep in. Uh, but just, you know, I, I think it comes with experience, I guess. Um, And so that's why I, I would also say, be fearless, I guess, because when you go through these things, even though they seem like yeah, you're going through the bad place and it's scary, if you can be fearless or be brave, I guess, and do it anyways, um, you're gonna surprise yourself, right? And I think that's where confidence comes from, like just doing it, not not because it makes sense or because it's not because it's you know comfortable but because it's uncomfortable, right? And that's your growing edge and, and that's where you grow is outside of your comfort zone. So, you know, having those experiences under my belt where, you know, I was a COVID executive. I mean, it was just crisis after crisis, <laughs> to be frank. Um, I don't know that I had, you know, all the experience in the world to be like, oh yeah, I'm totally got all the odds that I'm going to come through this unscathed, but it didn't matter. You know, things needed to be done, it, it needed to go, everything needed to move forward. I was there, I, I had to do it and, you know, I did it and now I feel more confident when things happen because I've been there and I've done it and it's not that it's not scary, it's just that um, it's just a little bit more familiar and you know that you're going to survive.
1: And I think what I've noticed from like 23-year-old me to now is that I reacted I reacted I think it's the statement at 23 I reacted whereas mm-hmm. now I will observe and I think it's mm-hmm. two different things right mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there was that kind of limbic I'm going to respond and I think I probably did a fairly good job of keeping my emotions in check just because that's who I am <laughs> but I don't think it was totally foolproof I think I'm much better at it now because I'm no longer reacting to situations. I'm observing what the situation is and what I need to do to get through it. And I've also noticed, and t- tell me what you think, that I think the, my younger self was more focused on getting to the end of it as mm. opposed to dealing with it in the present. And, I, and while I'm a person who, always, who tends to think big picture a lot and long game a lot, when you're in the middle of a crisis and you're that person who, has, who is centered and trying to work the way through it, you have to focus on the immediate as opposed to the long game of it more so yeah. than I think I normally would in my kind of personality type
0: yeah I think that's very true actually like i'm just thinking about other people too now that are are in that state of mind of just get to the end get to the end get to the end um and i don't know if that comes from like experience or something but it, it i do i do i know what you're talking about and um and i think it's probably because or in part because you know that you need to invest in a long-term solution even when you're dealing with the short-term crises right yeah like i, I see that theme come up every time where it's like You know, the first thing people think is like, "Why did this happen? Why is this (laughs) happening? How do we avoid this? How do we make sure this?" And then it's like it Mm -hmm. just falls out. People are like, "We need to figure out a way that this never happens again. We don't ever (laughs) want to be here ever, ever again, right?" And so I think that that's part of it. It's like you already know that that you know logically you don't want to keep coming back to this space again and dealing with the same problem. So you're already thinking ahead. And I think that does come with just, like, a couple of things. Like, yes, experience, and then, like, seeing that, you know, patterns will just repeat themselves. But also having that kind of ownership of things, right? Because when you're yeah. young, especially when you're, like, you know, moving from childhood to adulthood, especially, like, just what whatever age that looks like for whoever. And, you know, it 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 seems that you... Are always looking when you're a child of course to the adults in the room to to fix it and to to make things right and and you trust them right and it's there there comes a time in your life where you realize like oh I'm the adult now (laughs) there's no one coming to save me like I'm the one one. responsible for this
1: (laughs) not only that but I think when you are in that executive circle, yeah. you do realize that there's people there that are older than you. And mm. it's also letting go of that de- deference yes. to them, too. Yes. Because I have come to learn that just because they're older doesn't mean they know anything better. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. might be so set in their ways that, that they might... Just,
0: yeah They know, might not see so, the creative solution that needs to happen here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's 100% um, a a big lesson that we all need to learn together and keep learning together because every time I'm in a new space it's like I don't I'm assuming other people they do the same thing but it's like you're literally just you just naturally instinctually start like sizing people up in a way that is like where's my place and like where do I you know like who in this room is the one that we need to like defer to. Who's the one, where do I take charge? What's my, I mean, it's just a natural like human tribal thing to do, I think. And um, we do it with all these shortcuts, right? Like all these mental shortcuts, like older means wiser. And, you know, (laughs) maybe male is more authority or whatever our, you know, terrible programming tells us Um, we have to challenge it. And so, uh yeah the other thing that i think in general with the crises, um is don't underestimate yourself if you have a good you know logic brain if you can stay cool calm and collected i mean if you have anything to offer if you have a skill set uh if you're good at organizing if you're good at supporting people whatever your strength and superpower is like know yourself know what you're bringing to the table and offer it up during a crisis in the way that's going to, you know, best help move forward and through the crises as a group.
1: You know, we've been skirting around like the other people that are involved Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. situation with you. And two thoughts come to mind. One, I think, well, we all, while we're, we are always sizing them up, there's a way of doing that in a very positive way. Like everyone brings something to the table and everyone brings something unique and good to the table, how do we identify what their superpower is in that moment? Because they're all going to have one, and they're all going to be different. It's just being open to finding them. And then I think the second thing for me is, I want to be with around people at that moment who look at the situation and say to themselves, it will work out.
0: Because mm. I think it's
1: too often people see a problem and think it's not going to work out. And I think that can be our default a lot, right? Like, I think I did a lot of work to no longer be the doomsdayers thinking this is never going to work out. All these bad things are going to happen. But then, you know, you just stop to think, well, what if it actually does work out? Because you know what? Good things happen to good people. And get rid of all these societal notions that the nice guy finishes last because that's just a bunch of Malarkey Mm -hmm, that has mm -hmm, been fed mm -hmm. to people
0: Mm mm-hmm
1: yeah to really to justify bad behavior by the way but um (laughs) so
0: true Uh, that's called rationalization um so yeah I couldn't agree more so yeah like I said starting inside out makes sense you know I think if everyone did their own work like the world would be such an an incredible space because we'd all be stable and strong and be able to support (laughs) each other right yes so like you know society goals but um but starting with yourself yes important but it's not the full picture the full picture is definitely you know who is who are you surrounding yourself with like who is your tribe who is your who's your your team you know who are you building around you that you would you would be proud to serve in the trenches with because that's what it feels like right like at some point y'all are going to be at battle together and who do you want to look over to and see there um, and I say think about that now, because if you have any power and control over that, which you do, of course, you have power and control over your life, um, then, then make sure that you're, you're with the right people, because that can make all the difference in the world. You know, talking about the skill sets that other people bring with them, um, I think maybe we should all be challenging ourselves to think about, okay, especially those of us that are, you know, building teams. Let's talk about the skill set that they're bringing for the day to day. And also let's think about in advance before there's even any crisis on the horizon, what's this person going to look like during a crisis? Right. <laughs> and I think person... that's
1: true. Yeah. I think that's true, not only for like the leadership team, but for the other members of the team, right? Like mm. you don't want to be the new, fresh, say, hire who is mm. not in executive capacity, who has some concerns that maybe their boss has an anger problem? Mm. Like you don't want to be that person entering a crisis mode with somebody who you know is just going to blow up, emotionally abuse just, you,
0: yeah, and, and like take it out, everybody else. out. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, yeah, those those are really important um, attributes to be looking for, right? Because there are ones that work well. During crisis and there are ones that I mean really will devastate and and set back and prevent from from moving through the crisis so let's talk about what those are I mean one of the first things I think of is is you know folks that are are first able to to see that it's important to think optimistically, to be stay positive but realistic, right? To mm-hmm. to make sure that you are encouraging the folks around you and 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 inspiring versus depressing, basically.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want the person who will build you up at that moment, mm-hmm. and build up the situation, not the person like, oh look, uh, I think there's something wrong with this one wall in my house. So I'm just going to burn the entire house down.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. And the other things that I think are, are really important are, you know, folks that can trust each other, actually, you know, in a crisis, you have to be able to trust one another and be able to communicate. I mean, communication is such a huge one that we should talk about separately, but you know, Even as you're building a team, each person that you're bringing onto your team or each team that you're joining, you know, people, I think it's interesting when this shifted for me, but I would go to interviews and just be thinking, oh, I'm just like begging for this job. I just hope that they give me this job (laughs) and I just want to please them. And I want to like present myself in the way that they want to see me. And, you know, all of these things that I don't know where it comes from, but it's, it's very real. Like I've seen so many people falling into those same traps of just, wanting to impress, right? And, and, yeah. and fit into this little box that you think is, is there for you. Uh, yeah. This shift happened for me when I realized like they're shopping for me, but I'm also shopping for them. Like, this is not a one-way thing. I am not a product, <laughs> you know, for them to buy. Like I am looking for a place that I want to work. Um, and so the interview became a two-way process and, you know, they always say like, you know, get your little questions ready for the interviewer. They like to see that you have questions. Um, And I just realized, like, this is not a tip or a trick to, like, look good. Like, this is an opportunity for you to figure out whether or not this is the place for you to be. And so when you are going to join a team or vice versa, make sure that you are asking questions. And, you know, even doing your own research outside of this interview, um, you know, ask around town. Ask for people that have worked there. What is the real deal? Like what happens when things are bad? One of the things I started asking was what's the worst thing about your job? I mean, (laughs) people will tell you, usually people will honestly tell you and maybe they'll sugarcoat it. Sure. But at least you can get a little clue of, you know, where are the, where are the sore spots? Where are the, where are the parts that maybe there's opportunity to grow? Is there any indication that we are growing in that area or you know, is this just something that is completely unacceptable to me? Um, and that I, I'm not going to tolerate, right? Like you will save (laughs) yourself so much time and energy and grief if you vet every, you know, everything that you are planning on doing before you do it. And so, um, I, I think that's a big thing is, is if you're, if you're going to be able to build trust in that, that team, um, that's extremely important for a crisis. And, um, it, it kind of lends to why culture is so important. Um, you know, I'm thinking about workplace culture, but really like culture in your family, culture in your friend circle. It's mm-hmm. so important because, you know, it, it, maybe it doesn't matter on your day-to-day so much. Maybe everyone can do their job and it's not a big deal. But when there's a crisis, it's all hands on deck. And you are <laughs> in a new intimate level with people that you didn't expect to be in, right? <laughs> this is not your nine to five, like, oh, I'll see you at the meeting. You know, this is, I need to text you. We need to talk. We need to be together. We need to meet. We need to, you know, we need to have harder conversations. Um, we need to talk about accountability sometimes. You know, we need to talk about money sometimes. We need to talk about sacrifice sometimes um things get real personal real quick so I, uh, yeah the trust
1: is the key i'd say i'm going to uh backpedal and for maybe some of our younger listeners and say if you ask a size question what is the worst thing about your job and you hear in response we're very dedicated we work very hard mm. those should be keywords for you to say you're not going to have pto and Mm -mm. you're not going to have any time Mm off forget taking vacations because Mm -mm. yeah that's not the culture for it yeah yes
0: we don't do that here Yeah, no yeah there are definitely warning signs the red flags it's just like any relationship you need to look for red flags and there are toxic workplace relationships just like there are toxic Intimate partner relationships, right? <laughs> um, oh yeah. And look for those. Look for those. Look for those, and and try to you know try to find them early. And I would really encourage if there's any way you can reach out to people that already work there. I wish that these websites were real, like that you know say like <laughs> oh you can you can see how much people are making there and how good it is and their ratings. But there's like hardly anything on there for most of the employers. Um, but if if there's any way you can reach out to people, I mean, reach out to them on LinkedIn. See if you can uh, just message them and say, hey, I'm considering coming on. Would you mind if I bought you a coffee? Relationships are so key. It's just people. It's just people. You know, all these organizations are made up of people. I don't care if you're talking about Google, if you're talking about working at the Goodwill. Like, it doesn't matter. It's just people. And frankly, you know, that changes when people change. That's the other thing that people, I think, always oversimplify, where they're just like, this is either a good place to work or a bad place to work. I've always said like, it's always dependent 100% on the people and people can change overnight. Oh, oh, yeah. the whole staff could change overnight. Leadership could change one person, one person could change out and it could change the entire culture of the organization. I mean, organizations are fragile like that. So you have to check in before you even step foot in there and also check in with yourself and, and your coworkers and, and other folks, you know, throughout your whole experience there, because, um, it's it will creep up on you culture will change (laughs) um it can change overnight or it could creep up and it only takes one person honestly to change the entire culture
1: and i think before we dive into what like good culture traits we would try to identify i'm thinking about how important it is to go back to what you said at the beginning to do the work on yourself because that's how you identify Mm. not only the abusive personal relationships or toxic relationships personal relationships you could have but those same traits exist in your co-workers too mm. right like your controlling yes. intimate partner could be your controlling boss or your controlling co-worker yes. or the you know assistant who likes to report on to the higher-ups on everything that everybody does be aware Absolutely. yeah be very
0: aware and when things don't feel good, don't ignore them. Right. I, I think that's the you know, just the hardest lesson I learned from when you're talking about my twenties. Oh Lord, I can't <laughs> I can't even like I just it would be so amazing to replay some of the things I've been through in my twenties today and just how I would react. And t- you know, we have these like little fantasies in our head, what I should have said. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> what I would have done right now. Um <laughs> but really I mean it's 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 amazing how folks will um, will test your boundaries in a way that it would be shocking. I mean, it's shocking to me now to think about some of the things that people have said and done to me in the past and how, you know, I would absolutely just, I would never allow that today. It would be unthinkable, but it it scares me too because it makes me realize like there's so many... You know 20 somethings or just people who haven't like stepped into their assertiveness yet that this is still happening to them right now and i hope that none yeah. of y'all listening are going through that but um but i just want to you know help you find your power in knowing that it's not okay if somebody is making you feel bad about yourself at work that's not okay and Absolutely. you know you might not have the language for it yet uh, but my simple, you know, education and in, in intimate partner violence tells me that there's two kinds of relationships, there's healthy relationships and unhealthy relationships. And if there's an unhealthy relationship happening where you feel bad, and somebody's putting you down, um, or manipulating you or controlling you in some way, taking power over you, or over your narrative, that's abuse. Um, and that's, that's the simplest terms that I use. And it helps me to figure out what is good and what is bad. If something is abusive or someone's taking power over you, that is bad. Um, if you feel like you are trusted and that you are uh, you know, empowered and that you are supported and that you are expected to do great things, then that's a good healthy environment probably. But if you don't have those things, definitely look closer and pay attention, pay attention to how you're feeling and and seek help you know um if you can't you leave your job you know that's always an option for everyone talk to your HR department uh reach out to friends and professionals maybe folks mentors that have you know are a little bit farther in the career ask them what they would do uh, because we don't want anybody living through that kind of relationship or environment any kind of toxicity whether it be in your personal
1: or your professional life yeah I think so important to set boundaries, not only in your personal life, but also in your professional life. And I think mm-hmm. that's something that a lot of people, including myself, discovered during you yeah. know lockdown time early mm-hmm. in the pandemic, because you realize, hey, that uh, that meeting was unnecessary or that after-hours phone call or after-hours email, unnecessary, yeah. right? And but the moment that you're that employee that responds to a non-emergency after hours email or phone call the next one's going to come more quickly and then the next one Mm. and then how do you identify when there's actually a crisis Mm -hmm. with in in the after hours time and I think that's what I hope we're starting to go back to where if it's after hours and there are phone calls it's because there is an emergency situation
0: yeah absolutely but you're right we're we're throwing around some terms and I just want to make sure that we we give them proper time because you know when I first heard about healthy boundaries I was like what is that (laughs) (laughs) never heard of it right not sure and also like I realized when I learned about what it was I'm like yeah I don't do that at all not even a little (laughs) bit you know like I mean it's just such a foreign concept when you don't when, when you don't have that, when it hasn't been modeled, when you, when it's just not incorporated in your life, when it's not your habit, when it's not your practice, when it's not your culture. Right. And so, um, yeah, like just learning about what that is. Boundaries mean that, you know, you, you make a bright line of, of what is acceptable and what is unacceptable, what, what people are allowed, um, to do in, in regards to you, how they're allowed to interact with you and how they are not allowed to interact with you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more that I grow, um, the more that I find, the more you communicate that, and the sooner you communicate that, the better the outcomes, right? And and it's funny, because every time I talk to somebody else about this, they push my, my, my timeline out a little bit farther. I'm like, Ooh, yeah. So like, not, not when I start the job, but like in the interview, we should be talking to, okay. Yeah. And, like, and then, you know, like even before that, like, okay, I'm going to maybe talk about this, you know, even in my resume or, you know, like, I mean, it's literally like you can just keep going farther and farther back into new relationships, especially um, to let people know who you are, what you expect, what's acceptable, what is not, um, and the sooner you do it, the the farther out you do it, then the easier it is, honestly, because then people people know what to expect. They're walking into this relationship, understanding where your boundaries are, where your lines are, and if they push them, and you assert each time, like, nope, that's not okay. You know, we've already mm-hmm. agreed on this. We've already discussed this. Um, it's completely reasonable. First of all, you're completely within your right to do that, and not only is it okay for you to do it but you absolutely it's absolutely necessary for you to do it because to Tessa's point if you have a crisis and you know you're always on crisis mode it loses all of its you know urgency um, and that can be detrimental to the agency and and to the power of what you bring to the agency so there's there's that and there's also the fact that you can't serve from an empty cup right and so <laughs> You have to let people know that, like, this is what I have to do for me in order to literally function. I mean, I think that we're all to a place where we can relate to this idea that we could all burn out at any point. Like, it's we know now that there's just things that can happen in the world and and, in our lives that can be so devastating and so disruptive that... It, it can really put us on the edge, right, and, and we could all teeter off um, if we are not really careful in, in securing those boundaries, so I just want to take a moment to explain what boundaries are, what they look like, why they're important, why they're crucial, really, for you and for everyone that you're interacting with and for all the responsibilities
1: that you're taking on. So let's say that we have been doing the work hard on ourselves, we have found ourselves to control our reactability. Is that that even a word? I don't know. It It is is today. It is today. And we are centered. And who are we surrounding ourselves with? We're surrounding Mm -hmm. ourselves with people who respect our boundaries Mm -hmm. and who Mm -hmm. we trust and Mm -hmm. who we can identify positive traits with who can help us move toward a solution. Mm who know how to communicate communicate yeah
0: mm-hmm.
1: who else would you want around that table if you had your like ideal team to get through a crisis if we had the communicator the the person who's watching everybody's mental health so say the boundary monitor and i mm. guess i guess we would want some experts in whatever issue we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and, anyone I would, else we
0: might? I would say somebody who um, knows how to organize and
1: motivate people. Mm. <coughs> um, I that's a really good one.
0: Somebody who organizes and motivates people. Um, somebody who you know knows how to um, support people. Like you talked about, somebody who is watching out for folks' mental health. I think that that you know you basically need a caretaker. I know it sounds strange yeah. in, in, in in you know workplace, but um, but you do need that, and and that person needs to be taken care of too. Um, I mean, you need somebody who's good with, uh, I mean, frankly, numbers, if we're talking about workplace stuff, I mean, there's mm-hmm. different skill sets for different things, of course. Uh, but just generally, um, you need people who lead, you need people who support, you need people who take who are caretakers, uh, you need everyone to be able to communicate really well. And for somebody to structure that communication, organizing and structuring the communication style of the group is so critical because everybody might have a different communication style and you know when you put them all together you know what are you gonna get you don't have any idea what you're gonna get (laughs) and so there has to be somebody that really sets the tone and that's what I would think of as like the leader you know the leader needs to to take take charge in the sense of not telling everybody what to do, but setting the tone, setting a tone of optimism, setting a tone yeah. of we are going to get through this, right, of resiliency, and setting kind of the parameters and the structures of what this is going to look like. How are we going to tackle this? How are we going to do it effectively? Where are the boundaries for this group? What are the expectations of this group? How are we holding people accountable in the very short-term crisis level you know, version of, of this team? Um, and, and when you have somebody just, you know, setting the tone, and then it could be the same person or a different person, you know, making sure and that the, the group is being held accountable um, and true to, to what is being set forth, I think that is ideal i will say that it's probably something that happens organically more than is planned because like we talked about earlier crises are generally <laughs> unplanned and mm-hmm. out of nowhere and people you know can get thrown off and um and and it's unexpected right and so i think that this happens organically and sometimes i think the most important thing would be to take a beat as you're dealing with all of this stuff to begin with And literally just reflect on a moment and say, do we have these elements in this group? And if not, who can we pull in to fulfill one of these roles? Even if it's somebody who's not, you know, on the leadership or executive team and you just, you need that skill set, bring them in, you know, tap them. Do you have a bigger team that you can include in a strategic way? That little bit of reflection is what I would encourage, even though it feels like you have no time and that you're going through this, you know, really hard place right now, and, and everything is urgent, a little bit of, like, just stepping back and reflecting for a moment, and making sure that all those pieces are in place, and that you're working smarter and not harder, um, could really, you know, could really pay off.
1: And, yeah, you know, I think we've had a good, like, step-by-step process for handling uh, the bad place, shall we say. But mm-hmm. I also want to say that, even if the bad place hasn't occurred yet, keep your eyes out for everything, right? Like know yeah. what people's good skill sets are. Yeah. And you know, I've had handled employees that wanted to be everybody's friend. Mm.
0: And I think
1: we don't need, that's not necessary. That's a trap. <laughs> yeah. It's a trap because then everything becomes too personal too emotional in my opinion, yep. but it's about respect, right? Like you can be colleagues respect each other's boundaries you can even not like the people some a couple of the people you work with but respect that they have certain skill sets mm-hmm. and know that they exist so that you know form your little superhero team if there is a crisis in your group or in your sector of your you know business because you never know when it's going to happen so be on the lookout right. for like yeah, the helpers and the good people and the people you want to be there with.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and um, and I think that that really is like. Uh, I mean, the other thing I'll say is that don't don't get caught in the trap that you are your title,
1: <laughs>
0: right? Because I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I just. I I mean, I've never, I've never suffered from that. Um, I've, I've always just assumed I was a leader, no matter my title, I guess. So I have the opposite problem, but um, you know, folks tend to think like, oh, well, I'm just, this is my role. This is all that I'm responsible for. This is all that I'm supposed to do. This is all that's expected of me. This is all I'm going to expect of myself. You know, that kind of thought process. I mean, maybe that serves you in general on a regular, but you know, when there's a crisis, um, Sometimes it's an existential crisis. I mean, it 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 just I just feel called to say, you know, don't limit yourself. You might have some of these amazing skills, regardless of how much experience you've had or how much um, you know stature you have or what kind of title you have or what kind of role you have at work uh it doesn't or even in your family right like just because you're not the matriarch it doesn't mean that you don't have something to offer and so again know yourself know your strengths and believe in yourself and 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 assert yourself and show up um in a crisis if you if you have something to offer i mean just the fact that maybe you can see things and stay calm you know that is something to offer uh and there's so many other millions of things that you might have to offer and when you know that about yourself when you really know that about yourself and no one can tell you anything different you know bring that to the table feel feel empowered to just bring that um and offer that because i've seen that you know recently with folks that are just like they might not be in the room making all the hard decisions but they come into the room and say hey I have the bandwidth to do this. Can I take this off your plate so that you can concentrate on, you know, all the other hard stuff that you're dealing with? And I am just eternally grateful for these people. Like I've never (laughs) had something like this in my life and I'm just like blown away. Like, yes, um, this is what I would want to see from everybody from the team, top, down, down, up, sideways, like everybody has something to offer and it's literally on you in a crisis to make sure that you um, identify that, that you are assertive about it, that you're assured of that and that you're bringing it to other people as that's a fact I can do this. Right. And when you know it, then we know it or whoever in your organization you're talking to will instantly know that from, from, from your being that assertive and that confident about it. So, uh, all that to be said that um, everyone has something to offer, you know, at any given time, but especially during a crisis, everyone has their own special skill set, and we need all of it, right? It's not you, no one gets through the bad place alone, um, so so yeah, so so don't limit yourself in any regard.
1: Yeah, I would also add don't limit others, right? Like I think we can. Yeah. T- tend to pigeonhole other people and apply those same things that you would apply to yourself to everyone else and I think science really hit on the key point maybe just in general with uplifting and in the bad place or not is just know yourself Mm -hmm. and do the work to know yourself and trust yourself right Mm -hmm. like trust yourself that you, you can get through this you can get through anything and that you know that it's all going to be okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that you know again the best thing you can bring to the to the table is that person because you just by having that stance, that perspective, that, that outlook, you're going to inspire other people. You are a leader by example, um don't matter what your title is, right? You are a leader by showing people that you're strong. You're confident. You're faithful. Like it's going to be okay. That's the kind of thing that people gravitate towards during crisis because that's all that we all want, right? We just want to all be okay. <laughs> and so, yes, be that person for you and for others, right? And um, and and lift each other up in the moments of 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 you know for sure weakness. Like you can be a leader and be weak. You can be strong and weak at the same time. You can have moments of you know, emotion and moments of clarity and moments of logic. And, you know, you can have all those things and we all do because we're all complex human beings. Uh, But at the end of the day, um, if we can lift each other up in the times of need, then we will all be, you know, up here together, making it happen and getting through the bad place together to, to make
1: it to the good place again. And, you know, I think starting or ending where we started, I think mm-hmm. we all want the good place. Yeah, I'm going I'm to remove that. I know we all want the good place. Right. I know I certainly want the good place. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on this exciting adventure of how do you navigate a bad place, which <laughs> happens invariably for all of us. And we all just need the tools and to lean on each other so that we can all get up. Lifted out of the bad place and start enjoying the good place.
0: Yeah. And if you're in the bad place right now, believe when we say that you are going to make it out and we'll see you on the other side.
1: Yes, we will. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you all. Thanks for listening.